Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results, the podcast that can help you become a better partner in your family and a self-propelled leader with inner certainty in your business. Now, here's your host, Ube Dakhorn. Welcome to Lift Off with Energizing Results. Let me start with an invitation for you before we dive in. This is a safe and neutral space here. The more open and honest you answer the questions that will come up to yourself, the more effective this will be for you. Sound good? Okay, here we go. Today I'm very excited to introduce you to Peter Winnick. How are you doing, Peter? And where are you hanging out right now? <laughs> so uh, I am doing great. And I am in the States. I'm in South Florida right now for a couple of months because uh, where I live in New York is cold. So here we go. Yeah. You have, <laughs> so, yeah, you have my jealousy. Thank you. <laughs> 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 Wonderful. So Peter Winnig is the founder and CEO of Thought, uh, Thought Leadership Leverage and host of his podcast, Leveraging Thought Leadership. For the past two decades, he has helped individuals and organizations build and grow revenue streams through designing and growing their thought leadership platforms, as well as acting as guide and advisor for increasing business-to-business -business sales of thought leadership products. And I think your mission to leverage new products and services and to reach the markets waiting to receive your message is remarkable. So I'm very thankful I can talk to you today, Peter. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Wonderful. So the first thing I want to know is who's your ideal client and what's the biggest challenge they face? Yeah, so we have two client types, if you will. The first group, author, speaker, thought leader, academic, consultant, C-level exec, etc. Those folks are looking to create or, or have created or aspire to create thought leadership that is of interest and of value to the business community. And then the other group of clients that we have are what we call organizational thought leaders. So these are organizations, mid to large size organizations, typically high tech, financial services, professional services. Their use case for thought leadership is not so much the direct monetization. It's not the product, but it's a but it is a way to achieve their business goals. It's a way to elevate the brand. It's a way to show the marketplace that they have a unique perspective. It's a way to um, stay connected with important constituencies uh regardless of where they are in a sales cycle so those are the two types you know in terms of the the problems that they have the first group it's really about scaling leveraging and better monetizing it they know they're brilliant i mean my clients are literally some of the smartest people on the planet what they what they need is you know strategies and then the supporting tactics that enable them to better scale leverage and monetize the work on the organizational side it's a very young field so it, 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 there's not a lot of places to go for best practices or someone that's had 30 years of experience doing X. So it's really about figuring out the right plan for that organization at that moment in time relative to their goals and objectives. Yeah, I, I found that part uh, very interesting because I never thought about it from that perspective of uh, thought leadership within the, the corporate world. So, mm -hmm. and uh, so why is it that it's a young field? Uh, may, may I just uh, add here? And I'm curious about, and uh, so what, what is the, is, is there an openness to thought leadership in our organizations? Yeah, I mean, I can go on for hours about that. I think that, mm -hmm. You know, one of the things is, you know, the way marketing, the way information is sent from an organization to a buyer, whether that's B2B or B2C, 
Um, most people, quite frankly, don't believe it, right? So, you know, no one's ever taken out a Super Bowl commercial that says, hey, our potato chips are pretty bad, right? <laughs> you know, or, hey, we're a consulting firm and we're mediocre, just like everybody else's consulting firm. So I think that the way, the best way, the most cost-effective way, the most uh, uh, authentic way that an organization can show the market that they're serving that they're better than the than everyone else or they can support their clients and solve those clients problems is by putting out thought leadership it's to me it is the equivalent of when you're in professional services and to a lesser extent you know financial services and and a couple of other industries it's the free sample what are you paying for you're paying for the thinking so how do i get a sample of your thinking right if i go into a bakery oftentimes they'll have some samples of the cookies or the cakes or the pie or you know whatever it is out there and you take a little bite and you go, oh, that's pretty good. I'll, I'll buy 10 muffins. I think it's the equivalent of that is, is showing the markets that matter, that who you're dealing with, they they have a stand, they have a framework, they have a model, they have a methodology, and it's going to give you the impact that you're looking for as a potential client. So to speak, kind of like a tasty ver ver uh, variation of a branding so to speak in some to some extent i don't know if that just fits the yeah brand. well it's a little bit it, it it's um a little bit richer than the branding right so when you think right. about it there's content marketing which is great right like you know so content marketing is wonderful um but it's not thought leadership right so i always use the analogy of a, if i were in the business of selling diapers, I'd want to put out content marketing that taught new mothers how to avoid diaper rash, right? That's good. But that is not thought leadership, right? <laughs> you know, so the question is, where is it applicable to have thought leadership? Where does it resonate with your clients and prospects? And how can you, irregardless of your size, sort of outshine your competition, right? Because if you look at sort of the classic consulting model, there are four very, very big consulting firms. Now, there are thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of really smart consultants, but you can't outspend an Accenture. You can't outspend a Deloitte, but you can potentially be as smart or smarter than them. And that's where I think thought leadership levels the playing field a little bit. Well, thank you for expanding on that a little bit and to uh, share with us uh, so we can gain more clarity around that topic. And uh, assuming we are all humans, <laughs> so what are common mistakes your clients typically make when trying to solve that kind of problem? Yeah, I, I, one of the biggest problems is they spend a lot of time, and I'm not suggesting that they shouldn't, creating the highest quality thought leadership that, that they are capable of, whether that's a function of research or constantly refining the model, constantly refining the methodology, et cetera. They don't spend as much time as they could or should testing the market, right? So they tend to work in isolation. They tend to build a lot of stuff, and they think in a linear way. Here's some great ideas. I'm going to work on this, then I'm going to write a book, and then I'm going to put the book out there, and then rainbows and unicorns. So we're looking at it from the perspective of, well, how do you know? You know, one of the beautiful things about thought leadership, I can have an idea today. You and I could sit and have a cup of coffee and come up with an idea and we'll go, wow, that would be a great idea for a book. Well, the reality is a book would take us, you know, thousands of hours to produce a lot of money, a lot of opportunity costs. A smarter way for us to test the hypothesis would be to say, all right, you know what, Uwe, you go put out four or five videos to your network on this idea, and I'm going to write four or five short-form blogs, and let's play with it for a month and see what happens. And then we come back in a month and say, wow, that was really dumb. Nobody cared. Or, huh, it really resonated, but when we expressed it this way. So I always think of it as like 
you know, social media is a great place for R&D of thought leadership before you make big investments in longer form. Excellent explanation. <laughs> Thank you for that. So before I ask Peter, what is one valuable free action that our audience can easily implement? Let me quickly say something to our audience. If you are enjoying the show so far, please rate and recommend us to someone you think would benefit from the show. Thank you in advance for spreading the word. So Peter, what is one valuable free action that our audience can implement that will help with that kind of issue? Yeah, so I, I, I think it's a great question. So I think a lot of people get stuck with where do I start? Right. That's a question. I, where do I start? How do I start? It's overwhelming. The way I would suggest that you start is to think about who you're trying to serve, you know, who the thought leadership that you're creating, that you're putting out there, who would benefit benefit from receiving that the most. And then go look around on social media, typically LinkedIn or something and say, where else are those people already hanging out and start to follow some others in that space and make really thoughtful comments. Right. So very I mean, there's no cost to this. You look around and say, oh, if I am in the um, if I'm a, I don't know, an HR person in technology that's struggling with dealing with work from home issues. I don't know. I just made that up. Well, who else is right. already talking about that, writing about that, whatever, and start to comment on their stuff and add your thinking to the comments because somebody else has done the work of putting together that those eyeballs in a place that's very focused and you have an opportunity to shine. Right. Um, and test out your ideas. Well, wonderful and so applicable. And uh, thank you for sharing. And uh, I want to give you also the opportunity to and the platform to share where people can find you, but also what is one valuable free resource that you can direct people to that might help with that, but also in a broader sense. Oh, we have a ton of free resources. I would think the best free resource we have is our podcast. And you can get that wherever you get, you know, Spotify, iTunes, any place. It's, it's leveraging thought leadership. We're at almost 500 episodes at this point. So there's something there for everybody. Um, and then where, you know, where you can find me website, thoughtleadershipleverage.com. You can find me on LinkedIn, Peter Winnick, W-I-N-I-C-K. And you can email me at Peter at thoughtleadershipleverage.com. Excellent. Of course, we share all the information in our show description. Thank you for sharing, uh, Peter. So what's the one question I should have asked you that would be of great value to our audience? Oh, that's a great question. Uh, should I write a book? That might have been the question. <laughs> so what's your answer? <laughs> yeah, so I, I, well, I get that question a lot. Oh, I think I'm going to write a book. And I have been told by, by several folks that I admire that I have talked more people out of writing books than anybody they know. And there's a little bit of irony there because I read more books than most. I read two or three books a week. And I love books, right? And all almost all of our clients do write books. But what I try to explain to people is what it really takes, not only to write a book, that is a, a incredibly difficult task, but then you have to publish a book. Then you have to get the book in front of the right people to get the outcomes that you're looking for. So I spend lots of time with folks early on, really walking them through so that when they when and if they make that choice to do it, they understand what they're committing to. And most most often, um, they'll come back and they won't say, that's good, I'm never going to write a book. They'll say, ah, there's some things I need to have uh, prepared on my side. Or, wow, I didn't realize it's going to take this much time and this much money. Maybe there's something else I can do in the short term to test out these ideas. 
Interesting insights. Wonderful. I, this is, you always hear, yeah, you have to write a book, write a book, but then what uh, does it actually mean uh, to write a book? So great insight. Thank you for that, Peter. And so this brings me already to my final question. It's a personal one. When was the last time you experienced goosebumps with your family and why? Huh. That's a great question. Um, I mean, I think it's just lately watching, uh, you know, my son come into his own and pursue a career that's a passion play and doing it with um, hunger and grit and, and uh, uh, I don't want to say naivete, but, but, you know, trying to answer the age old question is, can I make a living at that? Right. Um, so, yeah. I think that's given me goosebumps as of late. Mission accomplished. I'm <laughs> having the shivers right now as you were speaking. <laughs> Wonderful, Peter. Thank you for this amazing goosebumps moment. Also, thank you, Peter, for our conversation. It was a pleasure talking to you and appreciate very much the knowledge and insights you shared with us today. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. Thank you for listening. And as always, energizing results to you and your loved ones. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate and recommend on Apple Podcast, Overcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more great information at uve.corn.com.